Welcome to the Not Your Average 31 podcast, a curation of stories from women who have broken the mold on what it means to be a Proverbs 31 woman. Not Your Average 31 is on a mission to help women see their inner Proverbs 31 woman right where they're at. I'm your host, Leslie Elise. Let's jump into this week's episode. Hey, mold breakers. Today, I am here with my special guest, Sadie Calamaco, and this woman is just, she has such an amazing story and she is such an amazing warrior. She is kingdom's champion. Is that right? Yeah, I remembered. (laughs) Um, She is such a warrior and she has so much fire in her. And I am so honored to have you as my guest, Sadie. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, You know, one thing about Leslie people out there in listening land, she has a heart to serve. She puts everyone in front of her. She's always checking in. She really loves people. And uh, I hope that you feel it in every single podcast that she has, that that is her heart is to serve and to love people because she wants the fullness of God in their lives. So thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Of course. Well, thank you so much. That's so sweet. Sadie, I want, will you tell everybody a little bit about Warrior Nation? You have an amazing, I mean, is it a community, right? Well, I'm built that, I'm currently building out that community. Right. And uh, so Warrior Nation helps women, especially veteran women, stand in her strength so she can fully experience the love of God. And it's just this vastness that keeps on growing, but that's the heart of Warrior Nation is to help women stand in in her strength. I love that. And I think that's so fitting for, I can just tell that that is your calling. That is so fitting for who you are and like your heart in the kingdom. And so I'm so grateful for you and just your heart for women and especially veteran women. I think that's so huge. So Sadie, do you want to go ahead and just start by telling us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your story? Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, Asking, (laughs) you know, I love this question because it's such a loaded question, right? You know, um, tell me a a little bit about myself and my story. Um, Any woman who is still standing after divorce and abuse has a story. Right. Right. And um, what part do I want to share without it going into a two hour session? (laughs) (laughs) So um, I'll start with the story and you might have to remind me to tell a little bit about myself after, Uh, but I want to share God's redemption. Yes. Right. Um, sometimes when we're stuck in, in, in our story, there's never a solution when we're stuck in it. But when you come out of it, you're able to go back and find bits and pieces that can help other people along the journey. And I am thankful that you asked me that because that's what I want to do right now is to, to share um, that I grew up in a, in a migrant home. My father's from Mexico, my mom uh, from Texas, and they went wherever the work was. And when they finally settled, my dad and my mom had two different dreams. And I wasn't really a part of it. (laughs) You know, I wasn't really a part of it. And even though they made it work, 
uh, it was hard. It was hard to grow up with a father who saw you, um, but didn't want to see you. And what I, why I say that was that because my dad had his own struggles, his own demons that he had to deal with. And because he had those demons, I was always feeling second best that I was never good enough, that I could never amount to anything. And he would have a saying, uh, Leslie, he would say, um, and I want, I'll make it uh, hero friendly. You will never amount to anything. You're just an animal. Mm. Do you imagine hearing that every single day? That you will never amount to anything, that you're just an animal. And as I got older, you will only be a, a W, like your mom's family and here you know god is supposed to love me god is a father when all i know is this this ugliness of my of my dad and i would try to please my dad and and try to please my mom and my mom was like very patriotic and and she wanted all of us to join the military and that's what i did I got married right out, like literally right out of high school, got married, uh, tried college, didn't work, joined the military and began this struggle of identity crisis. Who am I? God, who are you? Who are you? And because I was abused as, as a young girl, you know, by two of my parents' friends, right? Male and female. My sexual identity was skewed. Okay. Here, here's, here I am, but what am I? Who am I? And I just went through the motions of life fighting. I would get into fights. Uh, you know, I'm only five, one, and I would fight big, tall men, you know, um, and uh, I just, I struggled because I couldn't figure out, there was a part of me that had a heart for God. And there was a part of me that wanted to run from God. And there was this just struggle of identity. There was a, truly an identity crisis. And um, I never wanted to be a mom. I never wanted to be a mom because I saw what happened in my family the, the girls were treated bad you know they were just objects and um i just i just didn't want to be a parent because i saw so much and i end up with two children i end up with two beautiful daughters right two old my two oldest daughters and my husband at the time decides to get engaged with another woman He's engaged to another woman. I am working at this time, my military job, a baking job and bartending. So I only had about three hours of sleep and my mom was raising my children because I was working so much. To come home to, to find out that he had another woman. And to add more to it, Leslie, I was pregnant with our third child. At this time, I didn't know that I was codependent, but to please him because I wanted somebody to love me. I wanted someone to pick me. And he told me, he goes, if you have an abortion, I'll pick you 
overheard. And a part of my competitive spirit came out. Yeah. You know, I'm just realizing that right now, first time ever, my competitiveness came out and I'm like, I want to win this guy. I want to win. I went against, I grew up Catholic. I went against my morals and beliefs and took a life for a man who told me you're more of a friend than you are a wife. We're done. Mm. I went through the procedure. He dropped me off at the house. Like I was just trash and he, he left. Well, I literally lost it. Like when you talk about lose it, I heard the snap that evening. My daughters were in the other room and there was, uh, she was about three and a half and then 18 months. My 18 month old couldn't talk yet, couldn't walk yet. And I'm in the kitchen ready to kill myself because I had enough. I had enough. I hated myself. I hated what I did. I didn't have the love from this so-called husband of mine that was supposed to protect me and, and all this stuff. And I start calling them. I'm like, okay, if you want to kill yourself, you're supposed to call people. You're supposed to reach out. I reached out to his mom and she said, you know what? Suck it up. Go wash your face. I don't care about you. I only care about my granddaughters and my son. Hangs up the phone. I call my mom. Mom, I want to kill myself. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. I'll talk to you later. And I literally, this was before cell phones. This is, you know, uh, 20 years ago. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was a while. And I, go and I dial everybody's phone number. Nobody answered. And I had a gun in my hand and I'm like, God, so-called God, where are you? Prove yourself because I have two kids in the other room. No one's going to find them for days. So-called Jesus died on the cross. Prove it. And I pull the trigger back and I have the pistol right at the temple of my head. Prove it. I hear my daughter say, Ma. She comes around the corner into the kitchen and says, Ma. And I drop to my knees and I go, God, I don't know why you want me here, but here I am. Here I am. I wish I could say that things got better. They got worse. They got worse. I ended up burning my house down, losing my children, losing everything, went to prison for three years, had a total sentence of 15, 13 years of parole, which I did every single day of. But one special thing happened that even though everything literally was taken from me, I met a man, my current husband of 18 years, that married me even though I was going to prison, who said, I'll be there when you get out. And I go, I could be there for 15 years. He goes, I'll wait if I have to. Wow. Every six months, Leslie, he would go visit me. He would not sleep for a whole day because I was in Idaho and he was in Arizona. He would get off the night shift, drive all the way to Idaho to see me for one hour. He couldn't kiss me 
without the uh, correctional officer counting to five. And it could only be a peck and our, we couldn't touch each other. So it was hands-free, like if you're a little kid, one, two, three, four, five, and then separate. Wow. God showed me his unconditional love through my husband. We were married one month and I went to prison for three years. One month. And we only knew each other for three months. But it was the first person, Leslie, that when I saw, I saw him, I saw his soul. I, God let me peer into his eyes and into his soul. And when he said that he wanted to marry me, I felt a peace like I'd never felt before that it freaked me out. And this that I didn't have a strong relationship with Jesus. You know, I, after that part of, okay, God, show yourself. And of course I didn't, I had to go on a different journey, but he never left me nor forsook me through that whole time. And when I was in prison, it was like seminary. He protected me. He guided me. He taught me. What I couldn't stand about myself and other people, I had to deal with right there and then. And I call, you know, they, the, you know, a circle of mine, they call me Dr. Sadie. Because when I was there, I, uh, I was researching in my own brain to keep sanity. And I would interview people, all the women that were there. Uh, you know, we were constantly changed. And I would, hey, why are you here? What do you think caused it for you to be here? Almost 98% of these women were sexually abused, had an abortion. Wow. Those were the two things that I pulled the thread out. I'm like, God, why, why, am, I, why am I having this information? For later. For later. Let's fast forward to where I am now. All of that, and that's that's the light version, right? You know how Facebook light and they have all these light versions? That's the light version of what my story is. But there's a, from the bitter to the better, to the breakthrough, to the overcoming, to being a champion and I'm not allowing the pain from my past dictate who I am now and what I'm supposed to do. Because like I said a little while ago, our story it's powerful, but there's no solution in it. Mm-hmm. The solution, we have to turn to the cross. Absolutely. Right? That's where the solution is. That story is to be packaged and purdied up so that when God places the right people for you to serve, you have stories to say, hey, I can relate with you. Oh, man. Um, I don't even think you realize what you're even saying to, right now. It is so funny. This is exactly what God's been walking me through for two years was packaging my story, repackaging it in my own mind so that it could bless others. Your story is just fascinating. There's so many different things in one story. I mean, there's just so many different things there that people would go, oh, I can't be a woman of God because of this. God can't use me because of this. God can't use me because of this. And you're standing here going, no, 
despite all of it together, God is using me in amazing ways. And so has your past or has your story really influenced your thoughts on being a Proverbs 31 woman or a woman of God? How did you, did you struggle with voices in your head going, you can never be that woman of God? Did, were there, I mean, tell us a little bit more about that. I'm laughing um, because I struggled with schizophrenia, right? So when you're saying, hey, the voices in your head, oh, oh, I have them. Boy, did I have them. Uh, You know, that's a story for another day. A a schizophrenic being healed in a laundry room, looking at a mirror. Yeah, that's a a funny story. But, uh, you know, I think the proverb, I love Proverbs 31 woman. I feel like I have to write something about it. I'm saying that's my dissertation, right? For my doctorate is a full explanation because there's no one that it's really copied after. That's right. And that's who like, I want to get to, to heaven and be like, um, can I talk to this guy's mom who told his son about this woman? Because I want to know who she really is, right? Like, I really want to know who she is. Um, because when before I call it pre-kingdom, when I was pre-kingdom on the outskirts, outskirts of, of kingdom, I would see her as this epitome mm-hmm. of what a woman really should be. Like if you're a Christian woman, that is you, that is you. And God had me go through every day for 31 days, that same part of the Bible every day and he goes I want you to focus read it and then go back and chew on that one verse and chew on the next verse and I realized that this woman works out right she works out she doesn't sleep right she's like this super babe because she's dressed in a certain way right? They obviously have money because her husband's like a politician at the front of the gate. And I'm like, and I looked at my family. I'm like, where am I missing it? This woman obviously knows how to work hard. Where am I missing it? Because I know how to work hard. And God showed me that every daughter is a Proverbs 31 daughter but how they show it is different, right? She can either choose to stay in the lower part of, I'm not even, I'm not even Proverbs, let alone 31, and let alone a woman because of what I've gone through. But you see, okay, what does Proverbs 31 woman look like for me? I had to break it down and be like, you know what? She stood in strength. She had gems. Jesus, what is those gems? Those, that 31 days, what is it? He goes, that's experience. Each thing that she wore that, oh, she's precious like this, is her experience that she carries, not drags, that she carries. Why do people listen to her? Why are her handmaidens and people that she prepares for listen to her? Because she has leadership. Her experience of her past, of the struggle that she's gone through and that she's overcome and her character has been shaped, allows her to stand 
and support her husband and not have to fight for position and say, hey, I'm strong in my own right. I'm strong in my own right, but I can support my husband because my husband trusts what I have to say. I don't have to fight him. My children, it may be all crazy where you want to pull their hair or you want to pull your own hair out, but there is no judgment. There is no control. It comes from love. Because when she's working at night and everybody's sleeping, guess what she's doing? That's her meditation prayer time with Jesus. I'm like, oh, God. So I had to turn a lot of what the world was saying that I had to be and what the Bible was saying that I had to be and go before the Lord and say, what do you want me to be? What my story that would rule my life, how do you want me to impact the people that I can go out and look at a vineyard and say, hey, I want to buy that. I want to look at that. Lord, that you, you skilled my hands, but because my story, I get lost in the pain and the anguish. But really, you have given me skill to fight because I'm still standing. I might now be weaving beautiful things to go sell at the marketplace, but I'm using my mouth to bring life into other people. What does that look like for each person and how, how does that line up to you? You know what I mean? Yes. I love, absolutely. I love that. So really the kingdom view, you said you grew up Catholic, but then Mm -hmm. you got that kingdom revelation. And so is that really when you started viewing the Proverbs 31 woman as this isn't something to strive for or something to attain. This is something for me to seek God and see how he crafted me to be a 31 woman. Uh Uh-huh. Um, there's this uh, gentleman, I call him Rich Uncle Pete. <laughs> He's the founder of 100X. Yes. Um, he impacted me with seeing that I was welcome into a kingdom where there was a king who wanted to know me and to clothe me with these royal garments, even though it was hard to believe. When my perception and mindset changed from religious and I had to take off a lot of stuff from that religiosity growing up but that my mind was expanded to see that this is an outline Mm -hmm. of someone and that outline is uniquely printed out for Leslie for Sadie for Sarah, for Beth, of how he sees Leslie, Proverbs 31, acting in the kingdom. Sadie acting out in the kingdom. Because if we were to stamp every single woman to look exactly like her, we would be robots. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? And... <clears throat> I don't know if that answers your question, but that's how, how it, how it came to be is that when my mind came to expand of what kingdom is and who I was in the kingdom and seeing Proverbs 31 as an outline of where I fit into that, there was just so much freedom that I walk in the favor of a Proverbs 31 woman, right? I walk in her grace. I might not be every part of her character, but the character that I see and value of her 
I, I bring on to myself. That's good. I love that. Mm, that's good. I love that you said it's like an outline, but there's an outline for you. There's an outline for me. There's an outline for each one of us. And they're all not going to be the same. Yes, there's going to be certain things that are similar that connect us all, but they're not going to be a photocopy. I love that. So how has this changed the way that you're raising your daughter? Oh, yes. uh, she's 11 years old currently. Um, I have um, a 24-year-old and a 22-year-old. So they would kind of live their own little, their little lives, but I still pray for them, right? And I still yeah. release blessing and love. And I vision cast for them uh, in the spirit of what I, the health and, and being that, that good wife, right? But yeah. for my daughter, because she has great gifts, right? Her, her spiritual gifts are more than I can explain on my own. Like, God, you gave me this much. You gave me an inch compared to her foot of gift. And you want me to parent her how? Right? There's nothing in here saying, and I've gone through the Bible looking, how do you parent a kid who has spiritual gifts that are greater than yours? But I look, I look to Proverbs 31 woman, and I'm like, let's have a conversation. So you obviously have kids and um, don't think I'm weird. I actually had this conversation. Like, uh, how do I mother her and still be a business owner, still be a wife, still be a person of influence without losing my cool? Mm. And what I heard was love. Just love her and don't control every single step because you try to control she's going to resist everything that you want to give her but i want to put her in this little box because i don't think she's ready for life yet it's like grace what do you think proverbs 31 is all about but grace grace and i'm just like okay and so i try to model the best that i can with what i learned from Proverbs 31 woman in a conversation. This don't freak out people. <laughs> Holy Spirit was the one talking. Yes. <laughs> but it was that I was taking things too serious. Yeah. Right? Because I want to protect her from the things that have happened to me. If I come from a place of fear, all I'm doing is opening up the gate. But if I can tap into wisdom, if I can tap into favor, if I can tap into mercy and release that over my daughter and knowing that the hand of God and that if he's good enough for me to transform me from all, all my junk, how much more can he do for my daughter because I know how to pray? Yes. How much more? And so I'm just like, okay, I'll continue to work with my hands, have vision and see the land of what I want to buy, take care of, uh, oh yes, Holy Spirit is reminding me of this. So, you know, she has handmaidens, right? She has her, her helpers. And I'm like, Lord, I want helpers. I want, I want people.
people to cook for, you know, so that they can do my chores. <laughs> he brought me to Mexico and I have that now. Wow. I have that now. I have, you know, uh, I call her my assistant. I call her my assistant and she comes in and she helps clean, cook. And, um, but I cook for her. Yeah. Even though she cooks, I cook for her first. And then she's like, but I can make my own food. I'm like, I know, but I want to serve you. Even though you, you're here to serve my family, you're here to serve me. I want to serve you. You know, and, and I was just reminded of that right now. I'm like, oh yeah, that's true. I do that. I love that. Wow, man. So hmm. I'm trying to think. <laughs> Well, as you're there's thinking, so many places we could go, but oh yeah. So as you think, um, I didn't say a little bit about myself. So I'll go back and say a little bit about myself. Sure. What you think? Sure. What you think? Um, so I am uh, a natural fighter. I, I love to fight. I'm, you know, martial arts and first degree black belt in Taekwondo. Um, I'm currently training in um, boxing, but I have a lot of different martial art background. Um, and so when God said, hey, I'm calling you the kingdom's champion, it made me cry because I had challenged for so many years a world title in martial arts. And, um, but instead he brought me to Mexico. And that was really hard to let go of that dream, to let go of that dream. And so when he called me the kingdom's champion, I bawled because he knew that that's the title I wanted on my back as champion. I mean, I got state champion, but I wanted the world's champion. But instead, he gave me something better, and it was the kingdom's champion. And um, my family, you know, I have uh, the three, three daughters, one son, and my abortive son that's with the Lord. So five babies, five babies came from me. And to even be think to be called a mom from all the stuff that I have seen that God can redeem that to know that he says that you're a good mom and that he loves the way you parent even though you yell and it's like wow and to give me a husband who waited all those years and that he lives in America and I live here in Mexico. And people were like, why are you guys separated? I'm like, you don't know what the Lord has for us. And that he has, he had us practicing this because my husband was military. He retired after 21 years and we were constantly separated from each other. And I go, God has called us to conquer two areas before he can bring us back together. And then he separates us and we take more territory and then he comes and brings us back together. And I go, and what he's doing right now is such a beautiful, beautiful thing that I'm, I'm glad that I went through that dark valley. I love movies. I love pho. I love um, hanging out with my friends and going to the beach. That is a little bit about myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that he has both of you taking territory to come together it's like you're like building the outskirts like you're building the wall around like you're bringing things in you're going out and gathering together not both of you going but both like yes you're going 
what seems or feels like opposite directions, but you're really working together. Like only God could have yoked two people together to in a story like this. I love that God's fingerprint is just all over your story. Yes. Yes. I feel like sometimes he, he went like, um, in the watercolor, you know, or the paint and he squished it all around and got his whole hand all messy. And he's like, Robin Sadie, (laughs) there it is. Uh, you guys are going to do things that are not normal for other people. And you're going to have them question. He goes, because you'll see how your husband is at the gate and you're behind the scenes. Mm. Let's talk about that just a little bit. You were like, you're not going to do things that look the way that everybody else does. You're going to be questioned. Talk a little bit more about that, about what does it look like for you to just stand firm in that story? Because you know, there's a lot of other people that are hearing this going, I've got parts of my story that I just don't feel like, like I keep getting questioned about it. Am I doing the right, you know, they're beginning to question too. What would you say to them? Mm. When people question, it means you're on the right track because if you have no questions, there's nothing exciting. There's nothing creating curiosity to why. People are curious. They, they want to know why you're, why are you in Mexico and your husband's over here? And the most is from family. They don't understand Jesus. They really don't understand kingdom. They really just don't get it. And, and it's hard to explain. God is doing something greater that we can't even see. Yeah. And in our story that gets questioned a lot, means there's more power there's power why did jesus say by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony why well let me i'm glad you asked me why let me tell you why let me tell you why i burned the house down not just you know i'm not going to dishonor very important in your story ladies and gents if you guys are out there listening in the background when you share your story, Leslie, you were part of this. I know you were a part of this. When Pete Vargas, when we did that story challenge, tell your story in three minutes, mm-hmm. this is where this broke off. My story was constantly bashing my ex-husband for what he did. Constantly him, and he did this to me, and he did that to me. And here's this man who says, you have three minutes to tell me your whole story. And I had to get this whole thing and truncate it to a small section. And God goes, I'm gonna challenge you even more. How do you do it without dishonoring him? (gasps) But he's my story. He's the one that you, you were there. You saw what he did to me. You saw how he made me feel. You know that I ended up in prison because of him. He goes, really? It was because of him? Let's go back to it. Rewind sound. How many times did I try to stop you from burning your house down? The lighter, I tried to light the lighter inside of a house where there was no wind and the wind kept on blowing it out. Hmm. Did he really make you go to prison? 
I think you made yourself go to prison. He was just an agitator to get you there. So let's talk about how you felt, how you felt in the story and not take Rich out. I felt disrespected. I felt overlooked. I felt dishonored and devalued when I saw another woman in my home. I chose to burn the house down because I did not want another woman stench to be in the house that I worked every day and slept three hours a night for. And I forgot the question, but anyway, come from your place because when you honor the victim and the one that caused the pain, watch what God will do. Mm. He will elevate you because he is all about honor. He's about honor. And when I made that shift, Leslie, to honor my abuser and not come from a place of being a victim, healing happened. There was change that came off that I would always see money leave my account. There was more leaving that they were showing up. But when that happened, I saw the shift. Money started showing up and it was staying in my account. Wow. So, yeah, totally didn't answer that question, but somebody needed to hear. I was going to say, I, (laughs) I think that's what we needed to hear. Wow. So what, now that you've come this far, you've (laughs) learned the lesson, you've repackaged your story from a story of a victim to a story of a victor, to a story of a champion, what piece of advice would you go back and give your, that young Sadie when she was in the throes of all of the chaos? What piece of advice would you go back and give her? I would tell her to just keep your head up because the end result is worth it. The end is worth it all those nights crying, it's worth it. Yep. Wow. <laughs> Inner healing session right now. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you realize said. that's what we were doing, huh? Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, just keep your head up. No matter what, people are going to try to tear you down. Just keep your head up and just shoulders back. Keep your eye on Keep, just keep on moving forward no matter what just keep on moving forward because it really is worth it I would not change one single thing that I'm standing in right now if I wouldn't quit too early I would not be standing in this position and when I talk about position not just of where I am uh, globally but in the position of a daughter mm. a position I am I am queen over the territory that he's given me I own who I am and what I've been through. These scars, these invisible scars have stories to tell of victory of when we trust the Lord. That even though it's ugly and it's dirty and everybody's against you, 
but that you can hold on to his coattail and he will take you through. Mm. And when he places you truly at the table of the enemy, you know, that what is it? Proverbs. Okay. He, I think present, he sets the table before your yeah. enemies. Yes. That one. When I was in prison, I would sit and I would meditate on that. What does that look like? Because when you're in prison, an animal is more worth than what you are. We would have to eat green bologna, hmm. two slices of bread, stale bread, green bologna, and five chips and water. This is an American prison. I'm not saying that we have to have a five-star meal, but a dog would eat better than inmates. And only a couple of times a year would we get something Christmas and Thanksgiving and New Year's. And only because we lived close to an Indian tribe and they would come and sponsor the meal. And we would actually have real food. Anyway, point is that I would just tell myself to keep, keep moving forward, keeping your head up. And it's totally worth it. It is totally worth it being able to stand in just such a place of victory. You know, people may think it's arrogance, but it's just this confidence that I have in the Lord that I'm like, devil, thank you. I can tell the enemy that. Thank you. Thank you for dragging me like you did behind that horse. Because now I can stop the horse. Mm. That is good. Wow, Miss Sadie. (laughs) I love that you just can stand so confident in your story. And thank you for sharing so openly, because I know it's going to bless so many people. So for those who are interested in touching base with you, finding out more about Warrior Nation, how do they get a hold of you? Yes, it's sadiej.live. So at sadiej.live on um, all social media handles. And, you know, that's that's where I hang out. That's where I hang out. That's, you know, uh, but stay tuned. I'm going to have a YouTube channel, a YouTube channel where I'll be talking about identity post, when I mean post, sexual trauma and PTSD, depression, um, how to come out victorious from, from suicide. Wow. Right. Because that likes to leave, these things like to leave scars. So that's where, um, I'll be hanging out in the next month or so transitioning over there. Uh, but yeah, just Sadie, Sadie J. Colomaco. I'm everywhere. <laughs> awesome. And I'll put those in the show notes as well. So you guys can find that. Yeah. Or hashtag warrior nation. That's where you can, that's okay. Hashtag Worry her, W-A-R-R-I, capital H, capital E, capital R, nation, um, and I'll pop up everywhere. Awesome. Well, Sadie, thank you so much for being my guest today. I'm so honored that you're here. Thank you so much for telling your story. And ladies, I know you were just blessed by this, by the power of her story. And man, I just pray that you guys feel encouraged to go and own the things about your story that can make a difference. All right. We will see you guys later. Thanks, Sadie. Thank you.
I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Not Your Average 31 podcast. If you loved this episode, would you hit subscribe and leave us a review? Subscribing means you won't miss an episode as they come out every Thursday. You can also connect with us on social media on our Not Your Average 31 Facebook page and Instagram at Not Your Average 31 Official. But I'd also love for you to join our community on Facebook. Search Not Your Average 31 Community or the links are in the show notes. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We'll see you next time. Thank you.